I do not want to have to leave here in an ambulance. Hallelujah. I will say this. I am glad if you were here this morning that we have a preacher that still stands and says, this is clean, that's unclean. There's a charge to the, the priest was to differentiate between what is clean and what is unclean, what is holy and what is unholy. And we, we need to be reminded, as bad as this world's gotten and as bad as the world is getting, there's a lot of things out there that if you get tangled up in, it's going to tangle you up. So simply put, I know that, that's, that sounds like it makes no sense whatsoever, but if you get tangled up in a spider's web, you're going to get stuck. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, my, I'm trying to mind the Lord on this, and I, I was... I often get up here and I often have like about a hundred things to say. And I want to say I thank God that we live in America, even though it's not the same America that we grew up with. I thank God we're still here. But if we, if we, if we don't get a burden for our country, yeah, pretty soon it's going to start becoming illegal to be here. And at, at that time we're going to have to make a decision, are we going to stand or not, and then when we make that decision, we're going to say, you know, I had an opportunity to stand back there, and I should have stood back there. I'm not trying to be mean or anything like that, but you know what? It, the, 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 time, the time has come and gone for us to decide whether or not we're going to serve the Lord in truth and honor and, and, and do, do, do our entire life according to his will and his way. I'm, t- I'm telling you, it's a, it's a, dark, it's a dark hour. Trying to get to my text, and I'm just going to say, man, these days. Brother Tiny preached the last time he he preached up here, and he mentioned that AI and everything that's that's, 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 getting pretty out of control. And I'm I'm telling you, I'm I'm the nerd guy. I'm the technology nerd guy and everything. And I want to tell you, it's it's been coming a while. Right now is one thing you need to have in your hands is this right here. I'm trying to tell you, there's already word that that AI is rewriting digital Bibles. So if you don't have a paper copy, if you don't have a copy of the Word of God, friend, you might not be reading what's right. Hallelujah. It's getting getting scary out there. Well, without any further ado, I want you to come with me to Exodus chapter number 28. Uh, The revival is still just ringing true in my heart, and Monday night for me just is really... Where, where, where just God really blessed my heart with the message. And at the end of the message, the Lord has challenged me to really just try to dig down and research and study this word and compare scripture with scripture. And I tell you, I don't, I don't have it fully studied out. This is just what the Lord has on my heart tonight. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's so deep in my heart. I've been try, I try to study something else and the Lord pulls me right back to this one thought. But in Exodus chapter number 28, let's read a few verses. Verse 1 says, And take thou unto thee Aaron thy brother and his sons with him from among the children of Israel, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office, even Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar, Aaron's sons. And thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron thy brother for glory and for beauty. And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garment to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. Let's pray. 
Father, Lord God, I thank you, Lord, for your wonderful mercy and your wonderful grace, Lord God. I stand for you today. I, I cannot do this myself, Lord God. I, I need you, Lord God, and I need you to help me tonight, Lord God, for if it's only me, Lord God, it's going to be just just waste of time, Lord God. Actually, when you hide me behind the cross, Lord, let me say that which is right, Lord. Let me say that which is good, Lord God. And let this service be pleasing in your sight, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. In verse number three, there is one word that has really got my attention since revival. It says, And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of who I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him. I want to preach for just a little while on consecration. I, I, we, we look at Bible words, and, and it's, if you don't know what a word stands for and you don't know what it means, if you don't look it up, you, you're, you're liable to just say, well, you know what, I think it may mean this, and I think it may mean that. I think, it's, I think it refers to this. And when I started digging down on this word, I found out that I didn't have it exactly right. And I mean, I've read, I've read my Bible through. I've, re- I've read every page, every word, every verse that's in the King James Bible. And, and I'll tell you this right here, I am far, far from, from being able to say, you know what, I think I'm starting to slowly understand the Bible. I'm telling you, you can read the Bible on your deathbed and see something brand new that God has never shown you before. But this word consecration, you find in, in verse number 3, he said that he may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him. Consecrate means this, to make or declare to be sacred. By certain ceremonies or rites, to appropriate to sacred uses, to set apart, dedicate, or devote to the service and worship of God, as to consecrate a church. And when we think about this, we, we think about the fact that we are in a building that has been set aside for the service of God. That, that should be the first example that comes to most people's minds. Like, this building isn't for sales. This building isn't for entertainment. This building isn't for social status. It isn't for anything else. This building is for God. And when you, when you consecrate, and I'm not trying, to, trying not to run ahead of myself, when you consecrate something, you make it and declare it to be sacred and set it apart for the worship and glory of God. You set this apart just for God. Now, I know this isn't going to be a shouting mess. It's just going to be kind of maybe a little bit of meat for your journey, something that you can take with you, and and you can walk some miles with the Lord. You can walk through this dark days. You can serve Him maybe with a little bit of meat here that I'm going to give you. Sometimes we need to have a little bit of food. I'm telling you, I like shouting messages. I'm telling you, I would love to get in here and just shout all the time. I've got to be careful now if I get moving too much. Hallelujah. I like shouting. I like preaching on heaven. I like preaching on the cross. I like preaching on the second coming. I like preaching on the fact that, hey, you know what? It's bad out there right now, but just guess what? Before we might be done, boom, we're out of here. I like preaching on that. But sometimes, I mean, we need, we need to have something where we can go and, and serve the Lord outside these doors. I, I, somebody I, I knew at one time had put a sticky note during a serve at church service where I used to go. And on their way out, they put that sticky note right over the door. And it said this, you are now entering the mission field. 
You don't have to go across the ocean to be in the mission. By good gracious, I mean, nowadays, you don't, you don't have to really even go anywhere other than the next door to be on the mission field. But friend, when, when, when we deal with consecration, we deal with this setting apart, and when I began to study it, I began to say, you know what, consecration is the second step of separation. We are separated from this world. But it's more than just that. It's more than just saying, you know what, I'm separated from, I don't go to the bars anymore, I don't go to, I don't go to, the, I don't go to the pornography stands, I don't go here, I don't do that anymore. But it's more than that. I now go to church. I now serve the Lord. I now do things for God. I now dedicate my time and my energy for Him. It's, it's more than coming just out. This is a coming unto this, this, is, this is separating ourselves unto the Lord. In Exodus chapter number 28, and, and you can read through this entire thing, they make all these garments and there's details and there's all kinds of details about the garments that are made for the high priest. Now, I know there's probably more to that than just, just what I've seen so far, but these garments were made by people who were wise-hearted, who God put the Spirit of God in them to say to do these things. And I, I'm, when I look at the New Testament, I see the fact that we have many people in this church and in churches all across the land that God has allowed them to be wise-hearted in this, wise-hearted in that, and then the Spirit of God comes on them and sets them apart to do something for Him. Hallelujah for it. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, if we didn't have laborers, we wouldn't have a church. If we didn't have people that would go out and tell people, we wouldn't have visitors. Friend, I'm telling you, I'm looking across here, and there, there, I couldn't tell you how many people are here because somebody went up to them one day and said, Hey, you want to come to church? Hey, that's how, I, that's how I got in. Somebody messaged somebody who messaged me and said, Hey, there's a revival over here, and you know what? I came... I came to revival, seven months later I got saved, and I've been in church ever since. Somebody said, hey, I'm going to be a witness, and I'm going to tell them about Jesus. Exodus chapter number 29, you have Exodus number tw chapter 28, where they made all these garments, and verse 41 says, Thou shalt put them upon Aaron thy brother and his sons with them, and thou shalt anoint them and consecrate them and sanctify them, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. Let me tell you, Aaron was no different than Moses, who was no different than any of the Israelites at that time. That, but there was a separation unto that was made. In Exodus chapter number 29, in verse number 1, it says, And this is the thing that thou shalt do unto them, to hallow them, to minister unto me in the priest's office. Take one young book and two rams without blemish. And if you read this alongside of Hebrews chapter number 5, you see that those priests had to offer for sins. Hebrews 7 says Jesus Christ didn't have to. They had to offer a sin offering. They had to offer a burn offering. And then they had a peace offering, which was called this, the ram of consecration. This ram that was brought up in this chapter, and I mean, you, you've got all these details about it. You cut them here, you do this, and this right here, and this. I'm, I'm telling you, there's all kinds of details about exactly how it's supposed to be done. And if somebody wants to run ahead right there and preach on that for a little while, there was a specific way things are to be done. But in Exodus chapter number 29, verse 1, you had 28, you had the clothing and the garments. 29, you had the ceremony that was given for these priests. Come with me to verse number 19. And thou shalt take the other ram, and Aaron and his sons shall put their hands upon the head of the ram. 
Then shalt thou kill the ram and take of his blood and put it upon the tip of the right ear of Aaron and upon the tip of the right ear of his sons and upon the thumb of their right hand and upon the great toe of their right foot and sprinkle the blood upon the altar round about. When we're recording, don't worry, I'm not doing that illustration again. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, ha I had three preachers that I literally took fake, fake blood and did this to them in service. Don't get nervous. I don't have any. Upon the, upon the right foot and sprinkle the blood upon the altar round about. Now shall take of the blood that is upon the altar and of the anointing oil and sprinkle it upon Aaron and upon his garments and upon his sons and upon the garments of his sons with him and he shall be hallowed and his garments and his sons and his sons' garments with them. Also thou shalt take of the ram, the fat and the rump and the fat that covereth the inwards and the caul above the liver and the two kidneys and the fat that is upon them and the right shoulder for it is a ram of consecration. This specific ram was to fulfill the consecration that God had demanded upon Aaron. So, so Moses had to specifically do this one certain way. And friend, when we come to church, it is not a, a free-for-all, you can do things however you feel like. We're not going to have rock band Sunday. We're not going to have NIV Sunday. We're not going to have Dancing Girls Sunday. We're not going to have that. We're going to have church Sunday. There's a way to do this, and there's a way to worship God, and it is in spirit and in truth. We, we can't just have spirit where everybody's jumping around and everything, and we have no truth that's keeping everything in line, but we can't just have truth and no spirit. Vance Havner, old preacher from days gone by, said you can be as gun barrel straight and as empty. We've got to have the Spirit. We've got to have the presence and power of God. There is a certain way we do this. Friend, I went to dead church, not in my notes, I went to dead church for years. And I'm telling you, I went to vacation Bible schools where you got up on the first night and they'd have a cookie, they'd have a, they'd have a brownie, they'd have a, some sort of sweets. I mean, how do you get kids? Get them something sugar. Give them some sugar. I mean, you can get a, you can get a child to do about anything for right, a lollipop. Right, right. I'm telling you, you, you want the room clean? Get some candy. I'm not giving parenting advice right there. Don't do that. Hallelujah. But, I mean, at vacation Bible school, first night, who wants to go to heaven? Who wants to go? To, everybody's going to raise their hand. Who, I mean, heaven or hell? Where do I, everybody's going to want to go to heaven. Well, repeat this prayer. And I'll tell you, I had I don't know how many of those under my belt before I got saved. There was a right way to do that, and that's preach the gospel, preach the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, preach the word of God, and open up the Bible and tell me, why do I need to be saved? Well, all have sinned. Who's the Savior? Jesus Christ. And you present the gospel and you let the Lord do the work. You let him do the work, you won't have counterfeits. You'll, you'll have genuine people getting saved when the Bible is what's telling them what's right and what's wrong. I, I mean, I mean you, you, I'm trying not, to get, trying not to get off on this platform again. You, you can get all kinds of things started if you just let your brain lead you. That old statement said, follow your heart. Dare not. Dare not. The heart is deceitful above all and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The only one's in the next verse, and it's the Lord. He's the only one. But you have in, verse, in chapter number 29, you have this, this ceremony, and you have what's called consecration. Now, when I looked up this word, it, it changed how I looked at this right here. Consecration, according to the 1828 Webster. 
the act or ceremony of separating from a common to a sacred use. I was like, yeah, this is, that's, I had it right. Or of devoting and dedicating a person or thing to the service and worship of God by certain rites and solemnities. And this is where I had it wrong. Consecration does not make a person or thing really holy. It's the second part of separation. But... When consecration is performed, Exodus chapter number 40. Exodus chapter number 40. You're going to find there's going to be a little pattern that shows up. All right, stay on, please. Oh, yay. I'll preach with a flashlight. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. Probably need to go ahead and take my microphone off. It probably ain't doing nothing back there anymore. Exodus chapter number 40. You find in the book of Exodus, you'll see commands are given, but they're not yet instated. You you won't find them putting these garments and doing this ceremony on until the book of Leviticus. But in Exodus chapter number 40, the building of the tabernacle is being completed. Verse number 30 says this, and he and he set the laver between the tent of the congregation and the altar to put, and put water there to wash with owl. And Moses and Aaron and his sons washed their hands and their feet thereat. When they went into the tent of the congregation and when they came near the altar, they washed as the Lord commanded Moses. And he reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar and set up the hanging of the court gate. So Moses finished the work. So the whole tabernacle, he's been given the design and he finishes the work. This is what's being built to worship and praise the Lord. This is where you're going to bring your sacrifices. This is where you're going to come and hear from God. Verse 34, then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. That's God's way of saying, I approve. It's a picture of the grace of God. You were in slavery in Egypt. I got you out. I'm going to give you my law. I'm going to give you a way to access me. And here's your sign that by the grace of God, I accept you. He put that the glory of God fell in that tabernacle and it began to say it was so thick, Moses couldn't go in there and minister. God said, I approve. This is the first time you'll find that glory sitting in the tabernacle like that. Now, come with me to Leviticus chapter number 8. If you want to hold somewhere, Exodus 29 might be a good place. Leviticus chapter number 8, you're going to find them doing what was commanded in the book of Exodus. Leviticus chapter number 8, verse 1, says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take Aaron and his sons with him, and the garments, and the anointing oil, and a bullock for the sin offering, and two rams, and a basket of unleavened bread. And gather thou all the congregation together unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. So God had said, I'm going to give you my pattern, and now it's time for you by faith to do what the word of God says. 
Does anybody who's ever been called of the Lord to do something remember when God said, hey, it's time to step out. It's time, I've already, I've already set up a way. I've already given you my word. I've already, hey, write that down. There's some two W's right there. I've already shown you exactly what pleases me. Now it's time to walk. There you go, four-point outline, hallelujah. I've, I've already shown you exactly what pleases me, and I've already commanded you and told you, this is what I desire. And when, when they began to put them in front of the congregation, it's God's way of saying, I am approving these men. And friend, I'm telling you, whenever you confess your call to preach, you almost always came up here, you stood before the congregation and said this, God called me to preach and I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to follow him and I'm just going to walk with him. I don't know how to do these things. I mean, that's how I did it. I mean, I, di I didn't know what I was doing. I had just gotten saved the month prior. I I'm telling you, I did you not. I was so afraid to say I was called to preach, but I didn't want to put it off. I'd always thought, you see, you know what? If I put it off, God might have somebody else do it. So I stood up and you know what? It wasn't a big hoopla. I stood up at the, end, at the end of a Sunday morning service. I still didn't know how to tie a tie. And I said, the Lord's called me to preach. Well, amen, hallelujah. Amen, hallelujah. I'm, I'm telling you, we ought to make it a big deal when God puts it on someone's heart saying, hey, my word, you preach. If it wasn't for a, if it wasn't for a preacher that preached it right and preached it straight, I'd probably be in hell right now. I'm, I'm, t I'm telling you, I, I had all these false prophets preaching and everything that I'd heard all my life until I heard the gospel. I'm telling you, I lived it and looked it so good. If I would not got saved that day and would have died in a car wreck that, that on my way home, my preacher at that time would have preached my, my funeral like I was in heaven and I'd been roasting in hell. I'm telling you something, friend. God set up a way, and when he puts it on your heart, that's what we should do. Leviticus chapter number 8, you have them going through the offerings and you see them, they're, they're doing exactly as he's told them. Leviticus chapter number 9, verse 1 says, And it came to pass on the eighth day that Moses called Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel. And he said unto Aaron, Take the young calf for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering without blemish and offer them unto the Lord. Aaron's going to make his first offering. As priest, as high priest, him and his sons. Verse 22, what do you think God said about following him and dedicating their life to him? Verse 22 said, And Aaron lifted up his hand toward the people and blessed them and came down from offering of the sin offering and the burnt offering and peace offerings. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the congregation and came out and blessed the people. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. Here it is again. Verse 24, and there came, out a, came a fire out from before the Lord and consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat, which when all the people saw, they shouted and fell on their faces. God said this, I approve. Aaron, all he's doing is just simply following God and saying, God, you're setting me apart to be a high priest for the rest of my life. And when he said, I'm going to do it, God put his hand of approval on it. If you, if you want to go read another one, 1 Kings 8, Solomon built the temple. And he overlaid all the, you have all the things that were built. And, all, and I'm telling you, all the immaculate details and all the gold that was covering everything. 
And right as soon as they brought the ark and set it in his place and removed the staves, which meant this is where he rests forever. Somebody go ahead and run ahead and get an eternal picture there. When that was placed in his place, the glory filled the place so the priest couldn't even minister. When you get him in his place... And you stop taking, stop putting those staves in there and say, you know what, Jesus this week, but let's, all right, we're going to take him off the throne again. We're going to put him back over here. Take the staves out. Don't, let, don't even put them in the same room. Put him in his place. And that's another point you want to go ahead and run with. It says his place, not its place. Amen. He has a proper place in your life. I'm going to try to, I'm going to, try to wrap this up right here. In Exodus chapter number 29, you have that, those garments that had been made for them for glory and for beauty. And you look at all that immaculate work that was done, and then God says, take the blood and oil and anoint it all over them. I, don't get worried. And anoint them with that blood and with that oil. Now, we just made these beautiful garments these beautiful things that look that are just for the service of God, and then we're going to put blood and oil on them. When I went to study this, I have about five different study Bibles at home. Not many even says anything about consecration. But I have a date reference Bible that said this. The blood applied to the right ear, right hand, and right foot signified that all the bodily members and soul and spirit faculties of the priest were to be consecrated to God and his service. They represent the hearing, working, and walking members of the body. Priests were to hear and obey the law of God. Work with their hands in performing the service. And walk... In all the ways of God. So there was blood placed on the, the thumbs, the ear, and the toe. And it meant that everything in my life from head to foot was to be dedicated to God. I looked at it and I, I started studying on this well and I saw this. The blood and oil placed upon their garments and their bodies were to be a constant reminder that without the blood and anointing from the Lord... We cannot do what he asked of us. I'm, I'm telling you, how, how many times have we been in a service and somebody said, I was called to preach and then get saved? Amen. How many times have you, I, I remember when I first gave my testimony at the church I got saved at. It was before I got saved. And you know what? I was able to make it sound really, really good. If I would have said at that time, God's called me to preach. I wouldn't have, I'd had the garments, I wouldn't have had the blood and the oil that is what's necessary. That's right, that's right. Friends, when we see all these things in this Bible right here, and you see blood and oil also mentioned, it's because without salvation of God and his anointing, you can't do. You can't do it. Any, anybody who's ever preached the word of God and has ever stood up and tried to do this without God's help can say this, I failed miserably. I'm telling you, it might have been doctrinally sound. It might have been right down the line. It might have been no error, no compromise, everything like that. But you know it did not affect a soul because you didn't have the power of God on you. Without, 
Without that, we cannot do what God has called us to do. Now I'm going to take this and bring it to a personal level. When I got saved and God called me to preach, I knew because of just a little amount of preaching I'd heard after I got saved that this isn't just something you do for fun. This isn't just something you do because, you know what, it's a neat, cool thing to do. I, I realized that when God had put, put this on my heart to, to, to preach his word, this isn't just a pastime and it's not a hobby. I realized that, you know what, everything now in my life revolves around the word of God. Everything now in my life revolves around proclaiming the word of God. Now, we all have got to work. We all have got to do, do things in this world. I decided to bring this with me, and it's not to boast or brag. In this bag, it's probably about 80, 85% of all the notes I've ever taken on the Bible. If I was to take that and maybe go to school with it, that's probably a degree right there. If I was to take that and put that in skill learning, that's probably a higher paying job right there. If I was to take all this right here, all this time, all this that I've spent in the word of God and done something else with it, I might have something to show of it in this world. But all that right there is time I've spent studying the word of God. Now don't hear what I'm not saying here. When the world looks at a Christian and looks at a church and looks at what they do, looks at how, I'm not trying to preach on money, but looks how they spend their money, looks how they do this, they literally can look at it and say, they're giving all this for a zero return of investment. We don't do this to sell. We don't do this to, to make money to pay a salary. We don't do this so that we can say, you know what, it's a social status so we can get a higher pay at, at our job. We do this solely for the spirit for the worship of God. Amen. This building, we've got drywall, we've got wood, we've got ceilings, we've got paint, we've got fans. Hallelujah, we've got fans. We've got lights, we've got pews, we've got carpet, we've got all these things right here. One day, all this was on a shelf yeah. for sale. And someone, when they got burdened back in the day, when they built this place, they said, you know what? I'm going to take and buy some drywall. I'm going to go take and buy some brick. I'm going to buy some wood. I'm going to buy some carpet. And, and a person from the world would have said, why are you doing that? Well, I'm going to go build a church. I'm going to go with a person from the world who doesn't understand this. Well, what good is that? You, you don't get your monies back from it. That's not why we do it. At one time, this carpet was sitting on a store somewhere. And someone said, I'm going to buy that carpet and put it in a church. At one point, this wood was on a shelf somewhere. Someone separated it from the rest, purchased it, paid a price for it, and said, what I'm going to do with this is something for God. This altar makes no money. This table makes no money. The, 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 when... Y'all remember coming in here and painting the ceilings? I still got the stains on one of my shirts from coming in here and painting these ceilings. You know what I got from doing that work? I didn't get paid. 
I didn't want to be. But what I did is I said, you know what? This building has been set apart for God. This building has been set apart for God. So when I take my time and I spend it here where, where, where the world doesn't understand why I like being here, I say, you know what? It's because I've decided that this place is consecrated to God. I've decided that myself, I'm going to consecrate my life to God. I'm, I'm telling you, all that right there, I'm telling you, that could be something else right now. But the Word of God was so precious to me that I took all this time and I said, you know what, I'm going to learn about it. I'm going to preach about it. I'm going to take it and I'm going to show it to somebody. I'm going to preach it and see people saved. I decided that it is worth doing that. Amen. This pulpit at one time was nothing but pieces of wood that hadn't been put together. Someone took the pieces of wood and put it together and just put it in the house of God because he wanted it to be set apart for the service of God. This Bible right here, leather, paper. You know, you could have wrote another book with this. But this right here is the Word of God now. It is set apart for the work of God. In our lives, when God has saved us and God has shown us that he has something for us to do, we ought to take it so seriously that we say, you know what? My life is now in his hands. My life is not mine anymore. My life is for God, and I'm going to take it, and I'm going to consecrate it to him. Ladies and men, when you got married, you consecrated yourself to your significant other. No one else for the rest of eternity. Hallelujah. No one else gets you anymore. Simple, put it like this way. When you got married, everybody else was off the market for you now. Somebody say amen right there, or else I might have to preach a little longer. But what you've got to realize is that in this life, what you've got and what God has given you is for His service. It isn't to go out and do, to make money and everything like that. It isn't for that. This building, like I said before, is not to do things like sales and fundraising and everything like that. That's not what it's for. This piano one time sat in somebody's home, and they gave it to us for free. This right here is not for playing rock music. It has been set apart for playing hymns and spiritual songs. That's what it's for. That's consecration. Have you taken yourself to the Lord and said, you know what? I'm dedicating myself fully to you. No one else has any, any, any lot on my life but you. When, you. when you finally get to the point where you see that everything that we have is because of the Lord. And everything that we do is because we love him. You can finally bring yourself to a point saying, you know what? He's worth serving. He's worth giving my life to. And I'm going to spend the rest of my life in service of him. If it costs me something in this world, it's fine. If it costs me something with my friends, it's fine. I mean, most people in here are probably friends with each other in here, so it probably ain't going to cost you nothing. What I want you to think about is this. Consecration isn't making something holy. It's devoting it to that use. Have you devoted your body, soul, and spirit to God and His work and His word? Because that's all.